Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people with news, views and expert interviews. Hi and welcome to Constructive Voices. I'm Steve Randall. Can you believe we're into May already? And we're just one month away from a major event all about sustainability. We talked about Footprint Plus in our last episode. We have one of the speakers on the show today. This battery that we're building in Oxford is a, is, a, is a unique battery. We've been involved with construction companies from over Europe and um, suppliers from Asia. That's Tim Rose, one of the people behind an amazing project in Oxford that's using huge batteries to charge EVs and a lot more. And of course, I'm joined, as always, by Pete the Builder, Peter Finn, in just a moment. Constructive Voices media partner in Ireland and the United Kingdom is Construction Industry News. Since 2002, Construction Industry News has been focused on the very latest projects and developments within the UK and Ireland. So, Pete, hi, how are you doing? All good, Steve. How are you keeping? Yeah, very well, thanks. Always good to talk to you. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about something which we touched on in our previous episode back in April. Say back in April, look at us, now we're into May. Um, (laughs) Our partnership with Footprint Plus, and uh, one of the people involved is a guy called... uh, Tim Rose. And we're going to be talking about the Oxford Energy Hub. Now, I know that you've sort of really got excited about all of this because, you know, we are going to be driving electric vehicles. That's going to be the reality because regulation will mean we have to. But the big question at the moment is, how do we charge them when we're out and about? And this is part of the solution, isn't it? It's something they've done in the city of Oxford. Basically, Tim's involved in a project. uh, It's the, the Energy Super Hub in Oxford. So Oxford is a city that's basically taken a really good and a really ambitious look at the whole battle against carbon and have taken the goals that have been set and they've moved them 10 years forward. So they're, they're aiming to get to where everyone else is trying to get to, but they want to get there 10 years in advance. Like we've all, we've all heard about the issues that we have with power at the moment in terms of, you know, there's a huge drive towards going electrical, you know, removing fossil fuels. We all know that that is definitely the right thing to do. But, you know, if you were a person who bought uh, an electric vehicle, you get your car, you're all excited, you know you're doing the right thing, and then suddenly the realisation kicks in. You have to get from point A to point B, and how do you do that? You have to make sure your car is charged. So you charge your car at home, you've got your own port at home, and you charge, you plug it in at night, which is great. But if you're going on a long-distance journey, you have to be able to stop off in several different places. These challenges are there, and how do you make those challenges become less of an issue? You make sure that there is enough power for for people to be able to... uh, to charge their vehicles and and in general just to be able to charge all sorts of of different um aspects of how we live there's there's issues with grids is there going to be enough power uh, available for people in terms of for, for every aspect of what they do so what the guys in oxford have done is they've come up with this super hub an energy super hub this huge battery people can can go on their journeys they can pop in off one of the motorways charge their electrical vehicles they have got several different ports, up to 42 different ports where you can plug in. So, you know, you should have no issue get, uh, getting a, a free port when you get there. And, and, that, and that is the big issue there, Pete, because when you go into a car park, you know, and over the probably in the last decade, most car parks you go into now have got a charger for EVs, but it probably is one charger, maybe two or three if you're lucky. And when we're all driving EVs, that's not going to be enough. Yeah, look, that's, that's the reality of it. That's the truth of it. And, you know, 
it, you know, there's no point in, in shying away from these issues because they are there and uh, we are big supporters of sustainability and green energy and reducing the carbon footprint. But you know what? People still have to live. People still have to be able to function. And, you know, this is definitely a challenge. And, and one of the amazing things that I heard, because I didn't think this was actually possible myself, but seemingly there's going to be a charger there that you can actually charge your car fully in 15 minutes. Wow. So I mean, that's a big part of the solution. As long as you can get people moved off that after the 15 minutes and they're not they're not connecting to it all day or going off shopping or having their lunch or whatever. But I yeah, imagine they've yeah. thought of that as well. So. Yeah, well, look, 15 minutes is, is something where I, I would imagine you're, you're told to sit in your car, you know, so like we'd all spend 15 minutes, you know, answering emails or just even scrolling through our phone. So I would imagine you, you get to plug in and stay there for 15 minutes and you move off and the next person gets in quickly. Then there's a, a slightly slower version where you maybe do go for your lunch and you come back. And again, I do think that the location is has been done in such a way that that, that facility is there where, you know, you're not just in an environment where you can't get to, to somewhere I, we can we can blabble on, on day about it but i think tim rose is the man to listen to i uh, really really uh exciting and and interesting to listen to. so I, I think we should uh we should go and let the man do his stuff let's do that now he's been talking of course to henry mcdonald this is constructive voices i've come full circle really in, in project management so i started out as a project manager in the aerospace industry many years ago my sort of first career i've done lots and lots of other things since in general management and commercial stuff and all sorts of things but then I sort of moved into renewables some dozen or so years ago and i did lots of other things there as well but i've kind of come back around to uh to to, to program management project management in this particular yeah, this particular project. And uh, I'm involved in Pivot Power because I'm uh, involved with a number of the people who so founders of that business. And uh, uh, it was a great opportunity to get involved in something that's um, that's covering lots of angles in the renewable world. And who are Pivot Power and what is their role at Energy Superhub Oxford? Yeah, Pivot Power was a startup company um, some three years ago or so. They've got a pretty unique business model. They focus on uh, combining really large-scale battery storage with electric vehicle infrastructure. And we can talk a little bit more about that in a, in a bit. The result of that, that business model, we ended up looking for investment, and it turned out that we were acquired by EDF Renewables. So we're now part of EDF Renewables, but we're their arm that deals very much with storage and, 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 and EVs. Uh, we are the lead in this project. So there's the uh, Energy Superhub Oxford project. It's a UK RI uh, part-funded project, multi-partner, very collaborative. Uh, and Pivot Power was the lead partner who really uh, initiated that uh, uh, proposal that we made to UK RI for funding. Uh, I think it's the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, said that cities are where the climate battle will largely be won or lost. So what can other cities learn from the work you and others are doing at Energy Superhub to win this battle? Well, we hope that Energy Superhub Oxford is going to be a, a really exciting model, a repeatable, replicable model that we can roll out in other towns and cities around the UK and potentially uh, beyond that as well. A, a model for uh, developing something we call a smart local energy system, and this is all part of the initiative that uh, UK RI, UK Research and Innovation, uh, are trying to drive. How do we bring this local engagement and, and local approach to how we can electrify our towns and cities? Uh, this project, Energy Superhub Oxford, it's a big demonstrator project. It's one of, it, of a number of projects which are looking at different ways of approaching this 
local electrification challenge. Um, so we really hope that it's going to be one that will, uh, as I say, be uh, extended out to other towns and cities. And, and actually, the first two uh, follow-on projects are already underway in Coventry and Birmingham. And we have approval uh, internally in our, in our business to move on with the next two after that. So this is a programme of projects that's very real and is already underway. The City of Oxford is one of, is one of 18 globally to be highlighted for its climate leadership in the latest Renewables in Cities Global Status Report. Talking to a layperson, what would you tell them were the main reasons? How did you get there? I think Oxford's really ambitious. It's taken a very ambitious approach to its um, decarbonisation. It's got some very ambitious targets. Um, The city itself is trying to decarbonise, becomes um, zero carbon by 2040, which is a whole 10 years ahead of the, uh, the national target. Some ambitious people there and, and a real focus in a number of different areas uh, around how Oxford can, can achieve that in all areas, in power, in transport, in heat. So I think that's one reason we've got some you know real engagement from the, the local authority there, the, the city authority. And I think there's all sorts of other things about Oxford as well that are really exciting and make it a great place to be uh, kicking off a project like this. So I mean, the university is one organisation, they're a partner in our project, so very excited to be involved in them and really adding a lot of value. But we have a lot of other other green tech business in and around Oxford as well. So altogether, there's just a a real sort of view that uh, this is something that's important that uh, the community wants to pull together to achieve. So I think for that reason, and just some of the, the, the active things we're doing, such as this project, that's why Oxford's actually making a bit of an impact in in decarbonisation. Speaking of impacts, uh, this is Constructive Voices and we're talking to the construction industry. In what way did, did, did this impact on construction and building in Oxford? And, and indeed, turning it around, how did the industry help out? Well, we've got a number of partners. The project is, is operating in, in a number of different areas. Uh, so um, we mentioned power, transport and, and heat. And each of those has a, a, a different grouping, uh, trying to do slightly different things. So. In terms of buildings, I suppose the main impact for us is really in the, the installing ground source heat pumps in social housing residences uh, at a state in the in the south of the city, and that's uh, very exciting and already demonstrating savings in uh, in bills for the for the residents there, and, and also carbon savings. So directly in terms of homes, that's that's one uh, impact. But there are lots of others. So on the transport side, we're actually we're building infrastructure at one of the park and rides uh, at the west of the city. That's going to be the UK's largest and most powerful charging hub. The range of different charge point operators and different sort of powers and speeds of charging that uh, the customers will be able to, to, to use. We're going to electrify the buses as well in the city. Uh, the government has just awarded this uh, local bus grants to a number of cities and Oxford's going to be a recipient of that. So that's great. So again, we will be electrifying yeah, electrifying 160-odd buses in Oxford. And a lot of that power is going to be delivered by a cable that we're building from the main National Grid substation, where we're building a giant battery. And that's really helping stabilise the grid so we can bring more renewables, more solar and wind uh, onto the the whole energy uh, network uh, and improve the the energy mix. So a whole range of different areas, some related to buildings, some related to to transport infrastructure uh, and to to national stability of the grid. So it's quite a wide ranging uh, group of things that we're doing. How can this Oxford model, if you like, be implemented in other UK cities? 
As I mentioned, we uh, have already we're already starting to implement it in the next two in Coventry and Birmingham. The the core parts of this model uh, for us in Pivot Power are the battery and this electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Now that's a private wire, private cable that we're building from the the main national grid substations to a location where we'll be building such things as this uh, this large EV charging hub, um, but could also be used for other things like powering very light railways or providing power for, for hydrolysis uh, for hydrogen. There are lots of different variations and opportunities, um, and those models are slightly different in the towns and cities that we're talking to. But we have a plan to roll this out to some 35 to 40 cities, of which Oxford is the first one. It's very real that we can uh, we can duplicate it, um, that other local authorities can take advantage of this, and and you know we think over the next ten years that's going to be a, a significant program of, uh, of activities. So we're keen for other towns and cities to come and talk to us, uh, find out how we're doing it, and whether this can be of value to them. Out of the other seventeen cities in the in the last renewables and cities global status report, is there one or two that grabs your attention, and if so, for what reason? I think probably the first one. The one that really grabbed my attention is the is the Adelaide sort of uh, initiative, uh, and and the reason for that is that they're also covering a lot of the bases that we are. I mean, the exciting thing about that project is they have very nearby this huge battery, um, quite famous uh, installation of a hundred megawatt battery that's um, that's quite close to the city, and that again is doing similar sort of things to 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 we're doing here in the UK. So. That's interesting, but they're also um, engaged in lots of other areas, providing incentives for businesses to decarbonize and for homes. Lots of, uh, of activities around electrification of transport, encouragement of uh, people to to get out of their cars, etc. So it just seemed to me there was some sort of uh, comparison and, and, and overlap there that was apparent to me when I when I sort of first read about that. Talk a little about collaboration uh, between different companies, individuals, enterprises, and so on. What way can the construction industry get involved in that collaboration? Where do you see their role being in all of this to get the net zero city? Lots and lots of different areas for the, the construction sector, I think. I mean, we're working with construction businesses, uh, perhaps not in, in large scale building construction itself, um, but more in um, certainly certainly the, the electrical side, uh, the installation of uh, charging equipment, etc., in and around cities. But Construction of this battery has been a a major activity. Uh, This battery that we're uh, building in Oxford is a a unique battery. It's it's something called a a hybrid battery. It has sort of two different types of chemistries, which is is the first of its kind. That's been a very exciting project. We've been involved with construction companies from over Europe and um, suppliers from from Asia. Um, So uh, lots and lots of ways. Uh, And also I mentioned the the heating. I mentioned the... uh, the homes installations. So we're working with a, a heat pump manufacturer, an installer who's um, uh, really leading the charge on that and doing some very innovative things. So there are lots and lots of different ways. But in, in broader terms in cities, I mean, um, when we're building and regenerating new areas of cities, there are lots of other ways that we can combine transport, heat and power you know, with new buildings, uh, you know, with new infrastructure we're, that we're, we, we need to install uh, uh, all around a city. So there are simply in, an enormous number of opportunities, I think, for the construction industry throughout this and over the coming decades. This giant battery, it's intriguing me. Could you give us the size, dimension, what it looks like, 
Absolutely, I can do that. So, as I said, it's, it's, it's something we're calling a hybrid battery because it consists of two different batteries, really. One is a giant lithium-ion battery, and that's the sort of chemistry we're all familiar with in our, you know, our phones and our, and our laptops, etc. But that one consists of 15 40-foot containers, so your sort of standard shipping containers. So if you can imagine 15 of those, two rows actually of, of eight, this will be double stacking them. So this is a pretty big piece of infrastructure. Yeah with a bunch of other sort of containers as well, containing all the electronics and all the, all, all the clever uh, systems that need to, need to control it. That's one part. And then the second part is called a vanadium flow battery. So it's completely different chemistry, but doesn't degrade in the way that a lithium battery does. So the, the nice thing about this is by combining these two things, we can improve the overall lifetime of the whole battery. Now that, in terms of scale, if you think about 20-foot containers, so sort of half the size, that consists of 27 of those. So all of this lot is a, a, a lot of infrastructure. Um, are they, are they double stacked? They're double stacked as well, yep. yeah. And all this lot sits right next to the main national grid substation just outside and southeast of the city of Oxford. So it's it's a, a large piece of, uh, of yeah, infrastructure, as I said, combined, consisting of two main pieces. And this is going to be a similar, similar sort of model we're going to find in other cities. We won't necessarily be using both types of battery or both types of chemistry in all, in all our future projects, but there will be large numbers of um, shipping containers. They're well shielded. Um, they're right next to a substation, which is generally well out of public view. So um, from that point of view, uh, not going to be an awful lot the public's able to see, I'm afraid. But uh, um, that may be a good thing. Okay. Uh, now, you'll be speaking at Footprint Plus in Brighton on the 8th of June. How do you introduce this first-time event to colleagues or interested parties to entice them to attend? It's, it feels to me like it's going to be a great place to be sharing experiences, uh, aspirations, and, and plans for what we all want to do, which is try to tackle this massive challenge that we have as a, as a country and bring as many people into that as possible. I mean, specifically for us, I think it's it's really interesting that it's, it's going to have a, a very strong local authority presence, I think. That's really important anyway, because I think whatever we do in, in terms of integrating uh, these, these different areas of the challenge, you know, transport and power and uh, and, and heat, etc. It's all going to be, you know, largely led um, locally. Uh, so that's really important. So having uh, local authorities like uh, the one we're working with in Oxford coming as well is great. It's a way for us to meet people, explain what we're doing, you know, and this what we think is an exciting project, and and hopefully encourage them to you know, to take an interest and in, and in, in to look at some doing some of things themselves. On your session in, in ter- terms of the. Uh the Footprint Plus agenda, you pose a question, very important question, in relation to energy assets of public sector estates, storage capacity through smart interfaces and so on. You ask, how do we create zero carbon communities in both new and existing developments? Yeah, um, I think uh, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Um, new and existing developments. I'm going to be explaining a little bit about the, the interconnection between transport, heat and power, bringing those together with smart technology. And there's some quite interesting uh, new uh, technologies that we're, we're bringing to bear in, in this. It's all going to be local and we need to help our local authorities in, in getting their heads around how you can combine um, the approaches to these uh, all these different aspects uh, by using smart capability. So that's what I think we'll be talking about um, a little bit in June. And to give people more kind of granular detail about uh, what you do in Oxford, could you give me the volume of PowerPoints you were talking about? Are you you've 
had a very successful run with this. But how many are we talking about in, in the city of Oxford? Well, the city of Oxford's doing lots of things in terms of rolling out uh, infrastructure. Um, we are one of those models. So the model that that we're rolling out is, is something called this this sort of super hub or hub model, model where we provide large amounts of power to a, a sort of destination, if you like. And at that, um, we're going to have 42 new charge points, and that's going to be a range of different speeds. Charge points where you can charge your car in sort of 15 minutes, literally. People coming down the A34 can pull off, spend a few minutes charging their cars and getting on the way, much as they would with a, a, a normal service station. Uh, to other people who can come and park their cars and, and charge much more slowly and spend hours in town. So that's the scale of what we're doing there. It's, a, as I said, 40 plus points will be the largest one we have in the UK. But Oxford's doing all sorts of other stuff. So, of course, you'd expect street charging, you'd expect lots of home domestic charging going on. There's a lot going on in the county around uh, electrifying their car parks and making it easier for people to charge their vehicle. What do you say to people who know how charge? Look, net zero, sustainability, green energy. It's dropping down the agenda since the Ukraine crisis, the war, the cost of living crisis. People are more interested in filling up their oil tanks, filling up their cars and worried about the price of that hiking up as it is with inflation than they are about longer term goals like uh, creating a net zero city. I think it's a good question, Henry. I mean, I think there is a danger, but we seem to be going through crisis after crisis at the moment, don't we? I mean, I, my, my feeling on this is, you know, we've had obviously uh, COVID over the last few years, which has also was, um, you know, presented posed real challenges to keeping the focus on on this this issue. And now now that now the war in, in Eastern Europe, these things, though, will Pass is my my view. I mean, yes, they're challenging and 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 desperately sad, but they are recoverable. Um, the climate crisis is not so easily recoverable, and and if we take the RI off the ball and we do end up with three degrees at the end of the century, then we've all got a lot a lot, a lot of issues that aren't going to go away. So it's absolutely essential we maintain the focus. The challenge is how we integrate this now big problem challenge we've had with self energy security. With achieving that goal, um, I think there will be uh, as just as just as much focus on this going forward. It's as essential uh, as it has been, and we just need to ramp the pace up. Constructive voices. So, as we were talking about before, we heard Tim Rose. It's a fascinating subject. It is part of the future, and for me. Pete, really, the thing that's missing or has been missing in a lot of the discussions, I mean, I imagine it's the same on phone-in radio in Ireland and around the world, where you get people coming on saying, look, we need to move to renewables. We need to be using renewables, not fossil fuels. And then the the counter-argument, particularly for those of us who live in island nations, is, well, you know, we've got wind power, but when the wind doesn't blow, what happens then? And the answer is, batteries isn't it and so that's why this is so exciting yeah look again that was it was so so cool to listen to, to tim talking there and it was so good as well to hear about oxford itself and and the ambitions that they have and their plans for decarbonization like it's it's what we need steve we need that kind of drive we need that ambition you know um, and it takes a huge investment from everybody you know in a region to do that so 
fair play to Oxford and another very exciting thing to, to hear there was that you know not not only is this going to happen in one location that it is certainly a scalable and certainly a project that can be developed and got going in so many other areas of the UK and the world because like you heard him talking about Adelaide there as well so these projects are happening um, all around the world and I, and I think again if we get back to the footprint plus event this is what, what's going to happen at this event you're going to have so many like-minded people coming together and talking and you know networking and getting to see their ideas and, and getting to actually talk straight to the person who's been involved in these projects for so many years and the knowledge that they've gained and the, and also the mistakes that they've made and the things to avoid and you know maybe help them help each other fast track things in different directions so it's a uh, very very exciting times it really is Steve and uh, getting to answer the problems there's nothing more satisfying than somebody coming to you with a problem or there being a general problem out there and then a solution being found for it. I have to say, from listening to Tim Rose there, this appears to be one of the best solutions that I've heard of the issues that we have with the grid and obviously with the EV situation where you're, you're trying to get your vehicle charged and uh, <laughs> coming across some guy sitting there for far too long, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the possibilities are huge for all kinds of large-scale energy storage, electrification of heat, and just the whole thing about decarbonisation. And as you mentioned, the Footprint Plus event coming up next month as it is now and if you go back to our april the 19th episode we did a whole thing about that and uh, what you can see there how you can get involved we heard from actually we heard from tim on that episode as well and also joe jack williams who's another one of the speakers and uh, one of the founders emily day they're all on that 19th of april episode so if you haven't listened to that i'd, I'd certainly uh, say go back and listen to that we have got a, a whole episode coming up with joe jack williams who's an associate uh, researcher who works with a british architectural design firm and pioneer work in sustainable design and social design agenda. That's coming up later on uh, on Constructive Voices uh, towards the end of this month. And the Footprint Plus event, let's just uh, talk about it again. It's coming up in June, the 7th to the 9th in Brighton. It's right there on the seafront. The whole event itself is sustainable. And I just can't believe how many people they're bringing together for this event with just wonderful ideas about how things are going to develop over the years. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Like, I mean, there's one thing for sure. I'm going to bring my swimming togs because I'm not going to Brighton without getting a dip into the sea, you know. <laughs> but um, no, look, getting to be involved in an event like this where you've got so many different people, similar-minded people coming together with, with a similar focus and a similar, a similar agenda, the timing couldn't be better. It's a great way to showcase what you have. It's a great way to educate yourself and learn off what other people um, have done and have seen. And, you know, uh, the synergy and, and, and connections that will be made at an event like this, you know, they just can't be, they can't be underestimated. And, and, you know, they're certainly something that I'm really looking forward to be there and see. I think I'm going to be going around and doing a little bit of uh, meeting and greeting myself there as well. And, and probably we're going to get some sound bites for, for constructive voices as well there. So lots, lots of exciting things happen. It's a really good buzz. And again, there's going to be speakers there. I, I think Tim Rose, who was on today, is going to be speaking. And I know um, a couple of the guys that you mentioned there earlier on as well are being are going to be as well. These are exciting times and, and these are definitely, they're very relevant uh, issues. They're very relevant projects. They're very, you know, on point in terms of what's happening. And again, so many opportunities here, Steve. Like I keep saying this, there's opportunities there for, for people when they get to meet these people. And, you know, these are these are scalable 
uh, programs. These are, are are situations where you know the world is is moving in a, in a direction collectively. And you know if you've got any product that is going to be needed globally, um, and if you if you can be involved in it at the grassroots and 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 be involved in in how that gets supplied around the world like i mean there's huge opportunities there in so many different positive ways uh, exciting exciting times some really good high-tech brilliant initiatives brilliant brilliant ideas that people are, are bringing to fruition now so we all spoke about this for the last few years but people are now acting it's great as always we get to talk about it and, and have so much fun doing it it's brilliant can't wait for this event now coming up in june it's only a month away now fantastic footprintplus.com is the website you can go and get tickets and if you can't get there well we'll bring you all of the flavor of that on constructive voices pete talk to you again next time good stuff steve i'm gonna go and i'm gonna get my uh my, my swimming togs all folded up nice and neat ready to go me, me flippers and my goggles i'm coming to brighton real soon <laughs> I love you so keen. You can have your suitcase there at the door, ready to go. Is it time to go yet? Not yet, Pete. Not yet. Just <laughs> curb that excitement slightly. And uh, yeah, talk to you in the next episode. Cheers, Steve. Thank you, man. And that's all for this episode of Constructive Voices. Please take a moment to share it with others who may find it interesting. Follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes automatically on your favourite podcast app and rate and review the podcast if you can. You can also listen to the latest episode by saying, Alexa, play Constructive Voices podcast. Here's Constructive Voices. Here's the latest episode. And on our website where there's lots more information too. That's constructive-voices.com. Don't forget the dash. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're really helping us build something. Mm -hmm.